Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. You've got me, Rita, today. Cecily's on break. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, my brain's, as usual, leading me down many, many trails that all seem to be like leading to the same point. So um, hopefully you can follow along here. First, I want to read to you a headline that really caught my attention this week. Very interesting. So And I find it interesting because I think it just highlights the complete lack of logic in our society today. So, man charged with attempted murder of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. This is a June 8th article from Reuters. A California man armed with a handgun who planned to kill Brett Kavanaugh was charged with attempted murder on Wednesday after being arrested near the U.S. Supreme Court Justice's Maryland home, voicing dismay about expected rulings curtailing abortion access and expanding gun rights, authorities said. So this man is going out, planning, plotting, planning to murder a Supreme Court justice, has a gun because he's upset about abortion, and and expanded gun rights. He's upset about expanded gun rights, so he's using a gun to commit a crime. Like, you cannot make this stuff up. This is how stupid our society is. Not only is it wrong, not only is it completely wrong to attempt to murder someone, like, obviously, that is the story here. But within the story, there is a story of the complete lack of logic in our society. So what you can expect here today is a conversation centered around lack of logic, lack of reason, pride, and entitlement. That's what we're going to stick with today. So this week, it's, let's see, it's Saturday today, Monday, I took my kids to uh, Terre Haute and we were going to Hobby Lobby because I needed to get a mat cut for my daughter's art project for 4-H. And we pull in to the parking lot. Normally, I park like way in the back of the parking lot, not near anyone because I don't mind walking. It's good for me. And I just don't like to be around other bad drivers because let's face it, most people are bad drivers anymore. Well, it was getting ready to rain and I was carrying her art project in. So I'm like, oh, I'll park closer to the front. Big mistake. Um, I'm standing behind my vehicle with a hatch up getting her art project out. The girls are still in the car. Um, They're getting ready to get out. And this van flies around me to my driver's side. We're angle parked and she just like whips herself in to this parking spot beside me. As my kids are getting out, my daughter's opening the door and I hear this loud crunch. Like, great. (laughs) I come around, she has ran her mirror right square into the door as soon as my daughter was opening it. And there is a point to the story, I promise. So anyway, (laughs) she gets out of her vehicle and I'm like, maybe we should exchange information. I'm like, there's not a lot of damage to my car. I don't really think there's anything to be fixed, but I don't want to get home and my husband say that I should have gotten your information and there's something we should have fixed on my car. So she's like, okay, we'll exchange information. Me thinking... She hit me and I need to have her information in case my husband sees something that needs fixed. And so she gets back in her vehicle, proceeds to pull in. Her mirror's dangling off of her car. She completely took it out. Um, Then she gets out of the car and tells me, 
informs me (laughs) she's not real happy at this point she's like I called my wife and she told me that you need to pay for my vehicle and says it just like that and I'm like what like I need to pay for your car you hit me you flew in here and hit me and I explained to her I'm like if you had hurt my daughter thank goodness she wasn't getting out at the time it was just my door you know would we be having the same conversation long story short she continues to tell me how I need to pay for her car I need to pay for it and so we end up calling the police just to clarify like no if you hit somebody's parked vehicle it's obvious that this is on you you have to pay for it so we walk away from this it's fine Um, she was upset at me but it just left me feeling like this is where we're at this is where we're at this lady runs into my parked car you know, and she accuses my daughter. It's my daughter's fault because she was getting out of the car. And I inform her, yes, it's a parking lot. People get out of vehicles. This is why you drive slowly in a parking lot and look at where you're going. Um, but this is where we're at. You know, it's it's this entitlement society where you have something happen. You know, you make a mistake and you expect somebody else to pick up the pieces. And I was just totally frustrated. I'm like, this is where we're at in society. And then... We get done at Hobby Lobby, we go to Fresh Time. I had a few things to grab and one of them was yogurt. And as I get to the yogurt section, a man had just grabbed two yogurts out of there, those last two with the $2 coupons on them. And I grab one out and he sees that I'm taking the same brand of yogurt he did. And he's like, oh ma'am, do you want um, one of these with a coupon? And I was like, no, absolutely not. You grab those, they are rightfully yours. And he just, he proceeded like three or four times to ask me, like, are you sure? Like, this is a really good coupon. It's $2 off, you know? And he's like, these are just snacks for me. They're not even for my kids. And, you know, no, I'm like, that's totally fine. I, it's so nice of you, though, to offer. And I just stopped for a second and thought about the two situations, the two human interactions I had in town with total strangers. One total entitlement situation and another where he was wanting to share what he was rightfully entitled to and these two contrasting situations just really left me thinking about what it is like to have honorable character what it's like to lack character where that comes from um and really it's our upbringing you know i think about these two people that i interacted with and I don't know anything about them, but I can surmise that it's likely mostly to do with their upbringing, what they've been exposed to, the situations they've been in, um, what they've been around, uh, the things they think about, the people they talk to, the influences in their lives. And it just made me thinking about everything that's happening in the world and the way we're responding to it. Um, the way we are interacting with the world around us, culture, all of it boils down so much to our upbringing and how we look at the world based on the values that have been instilled in us and the way we have nurtured those values and rooted them deeper as we've grown. And so those of us who've been raised with enough logic and reason to see what's going on in this world follows absolutely none, no logic, no reasoning. We need to buckle up and buckle down because our kids need us so much right now. Um, 
I know that some of us may have, I don't know how to put this, maybe have been raised with, like I say, enough logic and reasoning to see what's going on isn't right. But maybe we didn't have those uh, really tightened down um, nuts and bolts in our lives, you know, as we were raised. And maybe we're just trying to veer off a little bit further and be able to help our kids root themselves a little bit deeper. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. I feel like our kids, or I don't feel like, I know, our kids are going to have a harder time even than we have. I mean, look at the Pride Month situation going on right now. Our kids are being sold to hardcore. I just sent Cecily an article, um, The Makeup I Buy Well People. Uh, I got a email from them saying, you know, purchase from us this month. Um, we're donating to itgetsbetter.org all month. And I click on that to see what it's all about. I mean, obviously, I know what it's about because it's got the rainbow colors. And um, I click on it, and it's all this transgender stuff. But their sponsors, they have probably 10 sponsors for this um, this nonprofit organization. And one of the sponsors is Mattel. Another one is a video game company. So these organizations that are promoting this are are absolutely trying to target our children. And yes, our children need to be strong against this now, but I'm gonna be honest, I'm less worried about my children now while they're in my care than I am as they become adults. Like I am more concerned with making my children into good adults who are strong. I truly think at times it is easier for children to see these things that are weird going on in the world and be like, that's not right, than it is for adults. Because we are more susceptible to the societal pressures. I believe that. I know that some people think that kids might be, and and that might be true, I guess. We could argue that either way. But I think adults are at least just as, if not more so, susceptible to societal pressures than children are. And Again, that probably goes with upbringing, but I think that's something to think about. So I was on Instagram this morning. Kudos to baby. This was shared in someone's stories, and I went through and read it, and I found it pretty interesting. So kudos to baby is apparently a clean diaper brand. So you can imagine their customer base. Lots of women. Lots of mothers. Um, but anyways, this was a whole a swipe through post. Language shifts for birth and parenting. Gendered terms and their more inclusive alternatives. Gendered term, mother, pregnant woman. Alternative, pregnant person, birthing person, gestational parent. These are uh, the swipe through posts. Gendered term, breastfeeding. Alternative, chest feeding, body feeding, nursing. Gendered term, husband, dad. Alternative, partners, co-parent. And it goes on. There's other gendered and non-gendered terms. The caption reads, It's important when we talk about birth and parenting, we recognize a few truths. Truths. Not all pregnant people are women. And then the comment section. The people went AWOL. Um, (laughs) This one comment I'm going to read. But they're all along the same lines. I didn't read one that was in support of this. 
This one, though, except for everyone who gives birth has a vagina. Doesn't matter how you identify. Maybe you think you're a man, but if you're giving birth, you do have a vagina. Like, that's non-negotiable. It's a vaginal birth, people. At this point, it's getting really stupid. And I would agree. It's getting really stupid out there. And I don't want to spend this whole time talking about Pride Month and what is a woman. You know, that uh, Matt Walsh film has been going crazy, rightfully so. Um, But my point is, this world is crazy. And we're not. (laughs) Like... We need to be able to feel okay standing up for what is right and true. And we don't have to be unloving to people. That doesn't make you unloving. Agreeing and loving people are two different things. They are not one and the same. You do not have to agree with someone to love them. You know, when my child does something wrong and I scold her or tell her that is wrong, That doesn't mean I am not loving her. That means I am telling her that is wrong and I am loving her in doing so. But what's interesting that I want to take away from that post in particular, the fact that the comment section is largely against this type of propaganda. However, we're fed daily. The the TV shows we watch, the commercials that air, um, my Facebook feed ads, they're all geared towards this type of propaganda, leading you to believe that this is what the majority thinks and that if you don't agree with this, you are in the minority. But the comment sections don't lie. We are not in the minority thinking that this is not okay. We are in fact the majority. And we need to stand like we are. And we're not right because we're the majority. That's not what I'm saying. The majority is not always right. We have seen time and time again where following the crowd is not always the right thing to do. So I'm not advocating that we see ourselves in a crowd of people who think this is wrong and just follow along because there is a crowd and therefore we are right and the minority is wrong. No, I'm saying that we're just being fed that we're in the minority when we're in fact in the majority. And we're in the majority because of natural law, facts of life, right? That's why we're right. Facts of life, natural law, biblical truth. That is what we have backing us up. I'm not saying we're backed because we're in the majority, but I'm telling you we are not the minority And we need to act like it because eventually these lies will be sold often enough, long enough. They will be sold strong enough to us that they will become the majority because people have weak minds and they will fall prey to this. They already are. And we need to start speaking up now on this. One thing that I found really interesting on this topic in particular is just science the lack of science. Throughout the whole COVID scenario, I had people constantly shouting at me, you know, where's the science? Show me the research paper. And I'm not one to call for research papers on things. Honestly, like I trust my brain and my ability to observe 
more than a research paper because those research papers, let's be honest, you can make those things look however you want. It depends on who participates in them, how you interpret the data, how you um, include, like what you include in the scenario because those, those papers can go any which way you want them to. And I'm not saying I never read one or trust one, but very rarely. I would rather just use my observational skills and the the things that we know to be true um, because that generally proves right. And over the course of the whole COVID scenario, that's kind of what we found to be the case, right? Um, even listening, I think I talked about this when I did my last podcast by myself, but even listening to Robert Malone talk, you know, he was like, well, I didn't believe that this could be the case until the science started stating it, but it were it, what he was saying is actually true at this point because the science was showing it is what others of us had been saying all along just based on what we were seeing and based on what we knew to be true in the past. And so when it comes to this whole gender scenario, gender identity, the the transgender movement, all of this, you know, it's interesting to me, these are the same people, the same group of people that are supporting the transgender movement and all of this Pride Month are the same group of people primarily um, that were touting the COVID narrative and asking me to show them the science. And even though I'm not saying what the science they showed us during the COVID scenario was true, but they had research articles that were created to at least look true, right? They would point to research articles. There were research articles on both sides of the spectrum, right? You could find a research article to support whatever you wanted to, which that in itself should tell you not to put a lot of weight into these research articles. But what I'm saying is they're shouting at you to follow the science. But when it comes to this gender thing, I know we've heard that there is no science, like show me the science, but where's the research paper on what a girl or boy is? Where is that? And why is no one demanding one? No one's demanding one because there's no way you can construe or construct one, right? And so it's interesting to me just to think about our um, inability to apply science broadly. People want to use science just like they use the Bible when it's convenient. Just like Cecily and I talked, I think, on the last episode about how our politicians apply biblical truths, biblical word, when it's convenient to their agenda, but completely deny it in other in other times. They do the same thing with science. And so we need to be able to see these inconsistencies because pointing out these inconsistencies really allows us to just show how false these narratives are. And when you go to a hospital situation, let's talk about that for a little bit. These DEI trainings have been prevalent in almost every company and every corporation. And in the hospital I worked at, there was a whole DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusivity department. And this was specific to race and gender. Diversity of thought need not apply. They didn't care what you thought You needed to toe the line on thinking, toe the line on whatever they say the science is. But when it comes to gender, when it comes to race, diversity and equity and inclusivity are king. And so they they would put this down upon you. You had to take these courses. You have to, you know, try to accept it. The they, them, the she, her, the pronouns in the bio type thing that flew at Carl Hospital. The emails started rolling in with manager signature followed by she, her, 
or um, he, him. You know, that started at Carl a couple years ago. But interestingly, so Edwards Life Science, let's talk about this for a little bit. Edwards Life Science is the company that supplied our hemispheres, which is our cardiac monitoring. So I worked in a cardiovascular ICU. Our our patients uh, came up from open heart surgery, usually with a pulmonary artery catheter, which goes in and you can uh, monitor their hemodynamics. So it's what we use to help us know how the patient's doing, um, what to do with their... um, vasoactive drips to keep them stable after surgery. So Edwards Life Science, and this is something that I found so interesting at the time, they would come and give us our in-services, our trainings. And at the last training I attended, they specifically told us, because on these hemispheres, you have to pick whether the patient is male or female. And so they specifically told us, it doesn't matter what this patient identifies as, you pick their biological gender. So what am I saying here? What I'm saying is what we do on paper looks different than what we actually do, what the patient needs, what a person needs, and what actually works. And so I just find this all interesting that what we say we're doing, what we say we're promoting, and then what actually works, what's actually scientific, those are two different things. And it's just so hard in a hospital situation. I don't understand how these people promoting the diversity, equity, and inclusivity, promoting the pronouns, promoting everybody is what they say they are, how we can respect a medical system that touts all of this but knows They know there are biological differences. They know that males and females are different. And they know that no matter whether or not you say that you are a female, if you were born a male, that's going to make a difference. So sticking along the theme of pride and my former hospital, I got a message the other day. I'm shifting gears right now. I got a message, though, the other day telling me, um, Carl was advertising in the Philippines for nurses again. And a few days before that, my husband had had the news on the morning to uh, see what the weather was going to be. He's a farmer. Weather is a pretty big deal for us. Um, So anyway, um, I sat down on the couch and was getting ready to read. And it caught my attention because uh, Rhonda Luther was on from the Illinois Healthcare Association And she was talking about, I think it was a segment on the economy in Illinois in general and the job situation, but she was on, um, I guess she's the president of the Illinois Healthcare Association, and she was explaining how we're going to start recruiting nurses outside of the state. We need to really focus because nursing is going to be in a major predicament here in the next couple of years, and we need to start recruiting outside the state. So I started researching to try to find if there was any information on um, how many nurses are licensed within, within Illinois versus how many nurses are actually using their license. Because I know several nurses um, who are either not working within the nursing field anymore, really good qualified nurses, including myself, um, but many, many more other than me um, not working, or um, nurses who are licensed within Illinois who recently left the state. Like I know several, I know several who have went to Florida. Um, 
you know, to travel or actually move there permanently because it's a better work environment for them. So I couldn't find anything. I could not find any statistics on how many nurses are licensed versus actually using their license and able to work. But what I did find, tons of statistics about race and about gender. So it's just really interesting how the lack of logic flows through over to every aspect. We're not studying whether nurses that are capable of working are actually working within our state. We're looking outside the state instead of using the logic to employ those who actually are licensed within our state and could easily be employed, right? Um, We're studying, though, gender and race statistics. Um, I texted a friend who is well-versed in the nursing field. Her entire career revolves around helping um, nurses. Actually, it was Katie Kleber. Um, She had been on our podcast. And I asked her, I said, do you know if there's any um, information on this about whether nurses who can work are being employed? And she said... um, She wasn't sure. She said she remembered something at the beginning of 2020 looking into this, but no, nothing recent. And so I just found that interesting. And then back to the um, hospital going to the Philippines for nurses. Carl has done this several times. Um, I think this will be at least the third time that I know of, maybe more. But it's OCS, OCS Healthcare is what the post was from. And it's specifically has the Carl logo, Health Nursing Expo. As we open doors to Filipino nurses to work in the U.S., we're also here to bring those opportunities much more closer to you. Share the word. Invite nurses in your circle and together. We'll move forward. Are you excited at this chance to make a step up in your career? Apply now. Further details. Um, And then there's a picture of Uncle Sam. U.S. needs you to come join in Carl. Um, direct hiring nurses for the USA and there's one two three four five six seven dates and it's just so crazy to me and you may think listening to this you know we're giving opportunity to somebody who needs a better opportunity but how would you feel if you're in the Philippines and they hired nurses from an outside country when you didn't have a job you know I just I find this so wild that we have employable nurses within our country, within our state, that aren't working. And these people at these hospitals are too prideful. This is back to the pride. You know, pride is not just a problem when it comes to Pride Month. This is a problem that runs deep in many different ways. But these managers and administrators are too prideful to admit they were wrong and admit that they should be hiring back these nurses that they fired or resigned in my case um, or that left because they saw a better opportunity to not feel separated out from their peers they need to be hiring these people back. They need to be apologizing. I'm not holding my breath. I am very realistic that this isn't going to happen. But we have a pride situation, which is putting patient care on the back burner. All I know is a lot of these problems we're facing have solutions. But people have to set themselves aside to be able to fix the problems. And that's not something that I see anyone really wanting to come forward and do. So normally I rely on Cecily to bring in the scripture. Uh, You guys probably have noticed that by now. And it's not because I don't read my Bible. I actually do every day. But I told Cecily uh, just the other day after we got off the podcast, I said, you know, I just never feel 
adequate to share the most important thing, God's word. And I know that's the most important thing that I could be doing and sharing with everyone, but I don't feel adequate to do it. But I'm going to change that today. Um, Actually, the other day uh, when I opened my Bible, just I was actually going to a different section of my Bible. I was getting ready to read to the girls. We've been reading through John the beginning of the summer uh, together. And I just random opened um, to Isaiah 44. And this this chapter has been on my mind. It's been something I've come back to multiple times since the beginning of 2020. And it's just wild to me how often I open to that section and reread it because I think it really speaks to the times we're in. So I'm going to read two verses or two portions of verses and then you guys can go back and read the whole thing if you want um we're in isaiah 44 verse 18 such people do not comprehend and cannot understand for he has shut their eyes so they cannot see and their minds so they cannot understand and then down in verse 20 his deceived mind has led him astray and he cannot rescue himself or say isn't there a lie in my right hand People are confused and prideful. That's all there is to it, guys. People are confused. They're making false idols out of everything, including themselves. And our number one call right now, back to the beginning of this episode when I said we need to be investing in our children because they are going to need to be 10 times as strong as we are. You know, we think we have it hard and we think we need to be strong and well-rooted. Our kids need it more than we do. And we need to be pouring into them constantly. You know, our number one call right now is to be not just recognizing the sin in the world and calling it out for the sake of calling it out, but calling it out for the sake of showing our kids the way and showing them what is right And making sure that we are on the narrow path, right? Not worrying about everybody else, you know, not calling out everyone else's sin for the sake of calling out sin, but recognizing it in our own lives and trying to keep ourselves on that narrow path. All right, as always, guys, thanks for listening. And please take the time to share your favorite episode or this podcast in general with a friend. Um, on your Instagram, on your social media, however you want to do it. Leave a review. We really appreciate it. I know at the beginning of this year, Cecily and I really um, prayerfully decided to just, you know, buckle down and try to um, feed you all as much as possible. You know, just feed into you and not worry about growing the podcast. And it's interesting, as this year has went on, we both have felt really deeply called to just grow this podcast. Not because we think we need to be heard, but because we think deeper conversations need to be had. And there are very few places we see that happening. So we appreciate you listening and absolutely appreciate the time you take to leave reviews and share with people you know and that you think would benefit from these conversations. As always, thanks for listening. You can find me, Rita, at RitaRogersCo.com or RitaRogersCo on Instagram. And you can find Cecily at Cecily.Dickey on Instagram or TheGraceToGrow.com. 